Today on our show, we're counting down the top 10 music duos of all time. That's right. Let's go, Polly. I got you, baby. I got flowers in the spring. Yeah, boy. You know, when I was 10 years old, I used to jokingly sing, I got pubes, babe, even though I had no pubes. (laughs) 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 Shit. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Open up. That's how we do it. Good morning, everyone. Uh, And (laughs) assuming it's morning where you are. (laughs) Afternoon or evening. Good day is what I say. We've already started out completely (laughs) and utterly uselessly. I'll start a show. My name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesome and have to. And you, sir? I'm I'm Wayne, and this is episode 452 of the Countdown Podcast. There we are today. As we said, a music episode, music duos. Don't know why we do these. I never download as well as the rest of them, but we have fun doing them. I think that's why. I think the idea is that you bop along with them. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of hate it. You've had a couple of people tell you that that's the case. And of course, we are wary of not being able to play too much of the song. I've done some research during the week, and I want to, as an opening to the show. Go on. So, our friends, B Dizzle and David Powell, both patron extraordinaires of the show as well, but they do most importantly they do the We Watch the Thing podcast. They had found this great service whereby you pay a fee and you can use as much music as you want in every episode and then send them a list so they can pay the people accordingly. Cool. Have you done that? Sounds great. Yeah, I was going to sign up for it. Turns out, actually, well, that's only one half, but that's the songwriters. Then you've got to sign up for this even more expensive thing. In fact, they don't even allow you to sign up for the paying the musician side because they haven't worked out a plan for podcasting yet. Oh, God. So technically, any particular amount of music that you put on there can have an episode shut down. So we run the gamut on that particular, oh, fuck as it, anyone just... does at any point in, in time. Case, just play what you play, Paul. But, you know, we're not like a podcast that gets a Joe Rogan amount of downloads That's or right. a I don't Kevin Smith amount yeah, of downloads. We might be a little under their radar. Yeah, I'm I just saying. I don't think they care too much about yeah, in that our case, play 30, 40 seconds. dinky fuck it, little Paul. podcast. Well, maybe maybe we'll push the envelope. Let's see fuck what it. Happens. I say get, fuck it. When all the music episodes disappear from your feed next week, that will be why. <laughs> Apparently no one will care. All right. <laughs> Yeah, the way I look at it, we're, we're advertising these songs. Like, it's that, not like we make money out of this fucking thing. So, I mean, other than our patrons, we don't for this main episode stuff. I've seen like music, sorry, movie makers on their own podcast play the trailer of their movie and on get their told po- to shut and down. get shut down fucking automatically ridiculous. by YouTube. So it's like fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, we don't bother putting it on YouTube, so that's uh, one way we don't get caught. Slash care any too much more. Most deaf. So but that's to one side. Today, music duos, pretty self-explanatory. Obviously, all these music duos go around. They play live. They have backing bands. We understand that. Yes. But in terms of the creation of the song, in terms of the heart of it, they usually play multiple instruments yes. on the tracks themselves. It's a duo. Exactly. One stipulation I would make is that on um, sometimes people go, oh, like, because one of the best, like, team-ups I've ever heard was Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Right. That is not a duo, that is a duet. Uh, because they aren't a group. No, no. I, so I definitely see, went all groups. Yes, yeah, so it has to be never, duos. Never crossed my mind. Like, exactly. They, I didn't think Dolly Parton would cross your mind, Paul. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually she did for a reason that will become apparent during the course of this episode. Okay, 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 cool. Uh, but look, no music cue, no recount this week. A couple of weeks ago, the, the, ep- the episode was a little bit... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe ranked. I didn't think they were so similar. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. Didn't bother so much with the vote on that one. That's why it didn't appear in the Facebook. There's going to be links in the show notes to get involved in all such things. But uh, this one, this will be voted on because we always like to compare our music tastes. <laughs> it's always 50-50. Sometimes it goes one way, sometimes it goes yeah, the other. You never know. I would suggest that my list will surprise, but I suspect yours will be more classic than mine. Probably, though. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't think there was a whole lot of options for this. Like, I, got, like, I had 10 and I then I had like, I got four or so honorable mentions. I had. If I remember them, because I, I forgot I to write them down. I had one honorable mention, honestly. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I didn't have a lot to fucking pick from. So there you are. All right, then, Wayne. Um, how about I lead away? Go for it. This particular week. My number 10, straight into it then, is a band which was pretty big in the early 80s. Mm, go on. Oh, okay. And it consisted of Annie Lennox and David Stewart formed in 1980. I'm oh talking God, the Eurythmics. No. <laughs> like I said, I expect there to be more oh, classic wow. stuff here. Look, uh, for most of these, but obviously I decided this after I wrote number 10 down. For most of these, I've got a bit of history of the band, a little bit to share. Yeah, tell us, tell but I didn't it. with Eurythmics, so please weigh in here. Sure. Okay, so the Eurythmics were composed of Annie Lennox, Dave Stewart, like you said. They first met in a restaurant in London and played in a punk band called The Catch Together. And then they became romantically involved, as some do. Some do. Yes, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure which one you you picked. Their first big album was called Sweet Dreams, and they did a few other things. They later started to like kind of do soul and funky type influences before they broke up in the 1990, 1990. 
So they are. Um, yes, and I've never I, got back together again ever since. They have not. Dave Stewart went on to do things on his own, like writing and stuff. He did the song with Candy Dolfo called "Lily Was Here." Really great. No idea. Yeah, and then Annie Lennox is has always been Annie Lennox, and I do believe she was the first woman to give me an erection because hey, well. I think so. Like, what happened was like she was. She, no, 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 no. Here's what happened. Exactly, and I'll talk about raw recording time here. <laughs> Six minutes thirty before it got awkward and sexual. That might be a new record for how slow it took. I don't know if it got awkward, Paul, because I can tell you that she was doing a concert in Perth when I was a young, young man. They had a news feed of it, and she was on stage rolling around in a leather jacket and a bra and nothing else. And I was like, "Oh my god, I like women," is what I thought to myself. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember if I actually got a mongrel or not, but it just like that was. That's how it goes. <laughs> Well, in other words, I stand for the loot, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, he did. So, <laughs> I wonder, Paul, what song you chose of the Uriah uh, the Mix? I, I think I went with their most famous song, and the most famous song by quite a considerable margin, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Let's hear it. Sweet dreams are made of this. Rocking out. Yeah, it's criminally low. Um, so right. I'm interested to see what song you roll with when we do get there. I guess that will be what you present at that point in time. Wayne, what's your number 10? My number 10. Now, initially I thought to myself, sure, this is something that I love and I have always loved. And when they came out, I loved... Because I think it's the, th- the third CD I ever owned were, belonged Ooh. to these folks. Roxette. Low. Really? Yeah. Wait, you put Roxette over motherfucking... You- all right. Yeah, okay. I did. All right. I did. All right. All right. I'll stand okay. by that decision. Okay. Well, now that I know they're on your list, I know that you chose the look to be your I song. I certainly did. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, this one. Now, of course, like I liked all of their Pretty Women soundtrack stuff, Must Have Been Love, all that sort of thing. This was just a little more upbeat, and I may be the only guy who ever liked this song because I like the music video. <laughs> Don't <laughs> remember yes. it at all. Um, I also, I also, that was would have been one of my first concerts that I went to, but then I couldn't make it for some for some yeah. reason at the time. So, yeah, big fan, man. All right, so some history here from Roxette Marie Fredrickson and Pergasil. Formed in 86, yes, obviously. R.I.P. Marie. In Sweden, yeah, she passed away in 2019, age 61, having been diagnosed with a brain tumour in 2002. And the band went on a bit of a hiatus at that point in time, got back together in 2010, and were touring up until 2016, when unfortunately ill health meant that she no longer could do it. I think I actually heard someone who went to one of their later concerts and he said that she was actually like, it was difficult for her to stand. Yes, I know a friend of mine went to that same concert probably here in Perth. I think it was circa 2015, 14, yeah. somewhere around there and said, yeah, she was in a chair the whole time and couldn't stand. And very sad, very sad. That's a, it's a young age to, to pass yeah, away. Yeah, it's there. But uh, what a band in terms of that impact in that sort of late 80s. That album, Look Sharp. Just burst onto the scene. It did, right? and that's back when it was, <laughs> it was it was preferable to have an album. Address for success and listen to your heart were their first songs, and they were good. But I don't remember them pinging on my radar until, of course, their big one came along. The look. The in. look was their first one, wasn't it? No, it was their third. Oh, single, okay. Again, according Shit. to my research today, about three that's hours. That's the first ago. one I heard of this. Yeah, that's the one that really burst onto the mainstream and really announced them. And it, ironically, it wasn't in Marie singing that one for most of the time. It was Pear. Yes. Here's the thing, Swedish folks. As much as I like the music, they're kind of the, the, the way and the lyrics, if you listen to them, they're kind of dorky, but it was endearing to me at the time. And actually, the music itself was great. He was playing a lot of very swingy guitar things, so very cool. And look, given that we are doing music duos, I think it's almost appropriate that we're going to have two back to back rock set songs in. Oh. In a duo esque situation. So they're your number nine? They are my number nine. Oh, well, hit me with that Here little call.
You know, I <laughs> I think in my head he made those round glasses like popular cool. or something. Definitely popular. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like when you got that much hair and it's, and it's the it's 80s. It's really hard to be Swedish and, and you know, attractive, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Really tough with those yeah, poor Tough people. country. They're ugly, ugly people. Cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Sarcasm. Joking. We love these like Shout out to the Swedish people who yeah, the show. We love you guys. I think we've had about eight or nine downloads out of Sweden in history. So, yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh yeah. A nice gene pool, everyone. All right, um, that's my nine. Back to you for yours. Okay, my number nine is well, Paul. It's the Carpenters. Now, we didn't even pick up like really. I don't know a th- single Carpenters. All right, well, this made. song that I've got for you to play. Okay, first of all, the Carpenters, originally officially known as Carpenters. There's no the American vocal <laughs> instrumental band, and it's it's brother and sisters. Okay, Karen Carpenter and Richard Carpenter. And this particular song I'm going to play for you, especially the spot I pick it in for you, is. I believe one of the most pleasant things I've ever heard. Uh, if you watch the live video of it, there's a guy in their backing band whose tambourine game is so strong that no one could ever, ever... Fall. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I've never seen anyone shake a tambourine like this. And he's got that 70s hair, so it's just kind of flowing. <laughs> and it's uh, if you watched it, you would understand. How did the car- sorry, Carpenters make it into Wayne's top 10 on the strength of... <laughs> Tambourine Man. Tambourine Man and Tambourine Game. Hey, okay, <laughs> That's a whole different thing oh, for right. the birds. All right, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, check out this song, specifically this part of the song, because it's a very slow song, and then it kind of picks up right here. And I think it's just the shit. It's the best transition in any song, almost. Ooh, big call. Here we go. transition in all of music I'm telling you Paul if you see how slow it starts and how it gets to this let me ask you something though can you listen to her voice that voice is fucking beautiful man it's nice they're obviously popular for a reason but I love her voice what was the story with them what happened she died she she died of um, I think the actual thing that she died of was I can't remember now but but, outstaged by the tambourine man no (laughs) though that is a jealousy it is an affliction (laughs) no it was uh, it's some sort of like in like she was a very skinny girl. I okay. believe it was something like that. But um, yeah, no, amazing. Uh, we do miss her. The, guy, the dude is still around. Her brother. A brother, yeah. Um, and all of her fortune went to him, not her husband. Okay. That seems fair. Yeah, no, it seems fair. It was actually their music. It was so their music, enough, yeah. 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 Okay, okay. cool. Uh, another classic one here for me and probably the oldest, definitely the oldest one on my list. Go on. Last week, we did the top 10 most films that can't get made today or wouldn't be made today. Uh-huh. And I went out of the episode on one of their songs, Sam and Dave, Sam Moore. Who the and fuck is, I, I who are they? Dave Prater. You don't know who Sam and Dave are? I don't know. So many of these songs, including Soul Man. Oh, that's them. That's them. And then they also did my particular favorite, which is their first big song. So they came together in 61, having sung on the gospel circuit, apparently, together. Oh, hey, that's where Elvis started. Connected and within a year or so, we're recording together. And they became known as the dynamic duo because of how huge and full on their live shows were. Really? And they worked together all through the 60s where they had their big hits, including the one I'm going to talk about or, or at least play. And then they split in 1970. But apparently they fucking hated each other's guts. Yeah, that happens. And because more wanted to pursue a solo career, but neither were commercially successful. So they got back together begrudgingly in 71. <laughs> because someone needed to pay and bills. And apparently for most of their career in the 70s, they didn't speak to each other off stage. <laughs> That's how the best music duos are born slash succeed, right? They got propelled back into the limelight in the late 70s because Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi started covering their song Soul Man as the Blues Brothers, which gave them a a sort of new lease of life. But the last time they played together was New Year's Eve 1991 and they never spoke to each other ever again. Dave tragically died in a car crash at only 51 years of age in 1988. Tough. Sam Moore is still kicking around these days at 88 years of age though, so... Let's see if I recognize what you're about to play. My choice is Hold On, I'm Coming. They did this. They did that song as well and a bunch of other ones. I thought that was Sam Cooke. Fuck. So here we go. Here's Sam and Dave. Wayne has no idea who they are. Maybe he will after this one. I know the song.
it yeah, is. Sam a, and Dave Education. That's a great song. That's a great song. I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I didn't know of them, but I just didn't know what they were in the cult. Well, hey, in the I got some street cred I didn't expect coming my way. Well done. That's like Motown-y kind of shit. Yeah. So that's even more street cred. Awesome shit. All right, well, Wayne, what do you got going for your Okay, uh, My mate, yes. My number eight is an old favorite of mine. I think I bought every one of their CDs, these guys. They're called PM Dawn. I know it is. This is your... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's actually made up. They're an American hip hop and R&B act. And uh, they're the brothers. Uh, one is named. Street Cred Lost. <laughs> Fuck. What? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> one is uh, a trail cordist known by his stage name, Prince B, and his brother, Jarrett Chords. He calls himself DJ Minute Mix. And they did this song, which samples a hook from Spandau Ballet. In it, uh, it's of okay. course set adrift on memory bliss. You said, of course, as if I would know this song, but okay, good. I'm sure, you would. You know this song, Paul. About to find out. Let's hear it. She's just one of those corners in my mind And I'll just put her right back with the rest That's the way it goes, I guess Certainly know the... Uh the hook? hook? Well, this is the thing, right? That um, that hook is... You'd think it was sampled because they're R&B, but in the music video, Tony Hadley from Spando Ballet is actually in the music video, which means he recorded that for nice. them. By the way, in their song, they call they talk about Christina Applegate, you gotta put me on, and everyone's like, wow, how do they know it's Christina Applegate? They actually don't know her. She didn't date anyone in the band. They just knew that she was an interactive person at the time and throws to name checker in the show. So, great, great. And they, they did a song called Downtown Venus, which I, of course, sang Downtown Penis. <laughs> too, but it's a great song. <laughs> How am I not going to do that? How is anyone not going to do that? I'm only human, says Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> all right, is that you done? My I'm done. Hit number it. seven, Wayne, prepare to be outraged all over again. Please. This is as high as I could get them on my list. Oh, God. My number seven is a couple of blokes who right now have a lawsuit against each Fuck other. Fuck you, Paul. This is absolutely <laughs> so low. I can't believe it. What's wrong with you? Oh my god, they were the finest. Well, I guess you know <laughs> where mine is. Yeah, okay. is. Okay. Paul and Oates, Dale yeah. Hall, the lead vocals, John Oates, guitar and backing vocals, formed in 1970, and they had a string of hits. I'm sure Wayne will tell you more about their hits and their. their I'm just going to jump straight to November 2023. One short month ago, Paul <laughs> filed a lawsuit against Oates and his trust due to contractual and financial disputes, the details of which were initially confidential. Hall initially issued a restraining order against Oates in the w- Oates in the wake of the charges. The following week, Hall filed a declaration accusing Oates of the ultimate partnership betrayal, quote unquote, yeah. for planning to sell his share of the duo's publishing to primary wave music. Oates responded that Hall's statement was inflammatory, outlandish, and inaccurate. Yeah, see, here's what's happening. <laughs> Hall or Daryl. sad, though. Like 50 no, it's years. very sad. It's very, but Daryl Hall, who's the guy with the blonde hair yep. and, the, and the vocals, and John Oates with the moustache and the bad hair. And the cool guitar. Well, okay, but he was the short one, and as we all know, Paul, he's the loser in our group. So, <laughs> wait, hang on, how is that? Here's the thing: no, it's because Daryl Hall was actually the lead vocalist, yes. and he's it's always the front person. It's always gets... the lead singer that gets the ass. All right, so well, he's... maybe I'm sure Oates got his share of ass if that's what he wanted. I'm sure he did too, but you know, Daryl Hall's about to go on tour, so that means everything he fucking plays, he's got to kick half of it to some motherfucker who the whole Oates wants to sell it to. Oh, don't sing fucking all your songs then. Sing your own shit. No, it's uh. He didn't really have his own shit, Paul. <laughs> oh, here he comes. No, that's both of them. I know, I know. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I love, oh, God, I, I loved Hollow Notes. And I actually, there's a greatest hits album of theirs, which is the best thing ever. Which one did you pick, though, Paul? Well, I went with my favorite song, which I don't think is going to be yours, because I'm not a true fan, clearly. Fair enough. Because <laughs> they their second run, uh, is it out of touch? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I went with this bad boy. I'm just going to spring it on you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice one, Paulie. That's actually pretty I'm just good. Going and dropping the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is pretty. That one is actually not. It is one of their well-known ones, but it's not as well-known as the. Do big you know hits. why this is so well-known to me, though? Of course, it's of from course. 500 Days of Summer when. Oh, of course, and Gives Joseph Gordon-Levitt comes out having banged. It's it's Joel actually Gishnell. ironically a total banger because um, there's actually. <laughs> 
You should check. I think I posted this on the thing one time. But the way this song starts goes, dun, 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 mm. yeah, what yeah. I want. And that guy yeah, did the, got, you're a cunt. <laughs> so very funny. Fucking hilarious. I wish I'd recorded it when, me and Paul, when I showed that to Paul. And we lost it for about 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> laughing. I've, I got into that guy. I've downloaded several of his songs. He's, He's hilarious. Very what is his funny. name? We should name check him. Tom Cardi. Tom Cardi, yeah. Very, very funny, funny guy. Funny Aussie guy. One of, the, one of the funniest songs he's done is, not to get too far away from the duo thing, but... Have is, you checked um, your butthole? Yeah, have you checked have your butthole? Have you fucking oh, hilarious? My, that bit where, he's, where the, the priest is, they've <laughs> yeah. lost the ring. Holy shit. <laughs> it's all gone. Yep. Everyone check that out after this show. <laughs> okay. All right, that's... that's. Well, do you want to say any more about Home Alone now? No, 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 no. Um, I'll, I'll shoot... Obviously, you'll share your favourite yeah, song. Yeah, 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 I'll shoot that. But no, that's about it. Okay, cool. Over to you then. What's your number seven? Ah, now my number seven uh, is in fact an Australian duo. Look out! I know they're Australian, but you wouldn't know that because they were so popular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired! And they, in fact, did their genre of music is commonly referred to as soft rock, Paul. And oh, soft cock. Soft cock, exactly. Now they even did um, an infomercial a few years ago, which is like record- you're selling one of those. These are 2,000 CDs, and they'll only be bought by boomers, but it's the soft rock collection, all right? A lot of yacht rock, a lot of stuff in there. They're called Air Supply, everyone. <laughs> Air Supply, that's right. <laughs> didn't even be on my radar. <laughs> of course they wouldn't. This is soft rock, and you literally... Like, there's not one distortion pedal being used in oh, any of their the music. What the fuck? What's exactly, the point? Exactly, Now, the, the duo uh, is Graham Russell and Russell Hitchcock. They had eight top ten hits in the United States in the early 80s. They only had one number one hit called The One That You Love, which is not the one I picked. What was their biggest song with that one then? The One That You Love, yeah. But they had I don't eight think I can name you. Here I am, the one that you love. You know? None this of those? Is brilliant. None of those? No? Nah. Okay. Uh, really? Can you try it again for me in a good way? Man, fuck you. That <laughs> shit is perfect. Only that joke is my Everyone go tell way. Paul how fucking go- <laughs> on that shit was, all right? <laughs> David Powell would have heard of it. <laughs> Passes the power test. <laughs> Fuck yes. you, Paul. Fuck you, Paul. But I'm fine with that. Now, um, yes, Paul. Just, just hit me with the song. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll know uh, this song, Paul. Maybe. Get, what's it called? Shit, I don't know. Hang on. Even the nights are better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even the nights are better. I'll leave that in. I, I just I sent him the link. There's a lot. There's a lot of processing going on in the background. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> dancing around your fucking butt. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> Let's go, Paul. Even in the 80s, you could use strings in the background. To be honest with you, that sounds more when like the When did the guy 60s. start singing? <laughs> <laughs> Falsetto is a perfectly valid anyway, type of singing. Sing. <laughs> in inverted commas. I love that song. So what you going to do, Willis? All right. Go for your Paul. You're number six. to moi, my number six. Okay. Well, look, I have to explain this one because it's going to require a little bit of... Not, not eating humble pie because I stand by my criticism of this man as an actor. But as a muso, he entertains me no end. And I believe their Who self-titled first album, he and fellow actor Carl Gass. Oh, fucking hell. Jack Black. Oh, God. Tenacious D's first right. album. Of course he's going to turn up on your list. absolute fucking banger from start to finish. In fact, not quite. There's some stupid tracks on there. But... There's some really great tracks. And I was stunned to understand or come to learn. These two met 86. They're part of something called the Actors Gang Theatre Troupe. Okay. And Kyle Gass was a senior member there and was intimidated by Jack Black. And Jack Black thought he was standoffish and a bit of a cunt. Oh, they're not brothers? Nope. Shit, I thought they were brothers. Oh, well, I've got an even better story than what I thought was something the case. But go on, go so on. Shortly. So Black did not start learning to play guitar until he was 23 years old. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, staggered impressed by how good he is given. If you play the guitar for 10 years, you will be fucking great. Except, uh, unless you're me. Well, well <laughs> and me. No, but play the guitar as in, like, try and do it. As in, you actually try to. Anyway, so this first album, they come. it's a comedy album. It's sort of rock opera. It's absurdist. It's all the rest of it. It's very funny. It's mostly about them trying to get laid slash mm-hmm. pissing each other off. Yep. Tells a story throughout its, its runtime. And it features, I think, some of the best, well, some of my favorite songs of that era. 
including Wonder Boy, which was fucking awesome. Wonder Boy actually is a great sounding song. Fucker Gently, which is very, very funny. I wouldn't know about that. Lee is also great. <laughs> Rock Your Socks. And of course, the greatest song, Wayne, in the okay. world. I, was, I thought you'd use this one. Tribute. Tribute. Let's hear it. <laughs> you know, um, so wasn't this where the devil played? Is Dave, Dave Grohl? Yeah, fucking even makes it even better. That yeah, song that does make it better. You know, I remember royalty. the music video for Wonder Boy made it look like Lord of the Rings. It was really well produced. I think it was Spike Jones actually yeah. shot that video. And the reason this is not higher on my list is because yeah, that I'm album, surprised. that album is amazing. Then they go on and make the Pick of Destiny, and I, that album doesn't do the same to me. That movie never didn't touch me in the same way. So, mm. and they've had another one in 2018. I think they did another album ever since. So I'm glad they're still doing their, applying their trade, but this was quintessential period for me. And compared to everyone else that's been on this so far, I know, I know, you know, it's not, they're not traditional or whatever else, but I have such no, fun no, with no. this. Very, look, you could use the fucking proclaimers if you had to. If you did, I'd fucking shit on you. Fuck off, man. 500 miles can suck my dick. And I forgot about Letter to America is shit as well. All of their songs are shit. It's just that it was a joke. But I Wayne, would but walk, Wayne fuck yes. Off. Fuck off. I would walk 500 fuck miles. Fuck off. I'm probably just lost the fucking boat because how the dare you? The proclaimers were what about shit. I'm on my way. That's fucking what shit do. That's fucking crap. Today. It's just because their Scottish uh, accent uh, was so uh, thick, uh, and they were they were singing in the Scottish accent, which no one ever did. So <laughs> that was an '80s thing. Okay, shout out to all our Scottish listeners out there. <laughs> Seriously, the only other people was Catatonia who actually sang in their Scottish accent. Everyone else was affecting an American accent, which is funny. You know, so what are you going to do? There you go. What's number six? My number six is fucking Eurythmics, okay? So let's just go so with... So high. So high. Suck a dick. Um, <laughs> this song that I'm about to play you is... If you look at the music video on it, like, Annie Lennox has actually got long blonde hair. She's actually beautiful. And I always thought this... It's a really Nancy Boy song, but of course, I'm a real Nancy Boy. Uh, the song is called There Must Be an Angel. I just love her little rhetoric, and she does a lot of trilling in it. It sounds great. It's actually a happy-sounding song. Let's hear it, Polly. Right, and I think this is like a real precursor because Annie Lennox really had a huge solo career after the Arrhythmics, and she did a song called "Walking on Broken Glass," where the music video and the song kind of sounds like that, and it's got fucking Hugh Laurie in the music video and shit. It's really cool. Was was that with Dave? Um, no, that was just her, oh, that was her old, she had an entire on, solo thing. On, yeah, yeah I, okay. I oddly owned that CD because I accidentally signed up for one of those CD things where they send you. One every month, and oh, you have yeah. to keep paying. And Diva came in the mail. I, like, I accidentally this? signed up for it. Whoops! I tripped and signed my pen <laughs> to it. No, no, I I fucked it up. Anyway, well, the, but I was glad to get that one CD. Happy accident. Okay, cool. All right, my number five, top half of the list. Then is another classic band, part of the sort of British synth pop wave, pop synth wave in the eighties, formed by Kurth, Kurth Smith and Roland or Basel in nineteen eighty one. Tears for Fears. Low. But keep going. <laughs> can't, be that, can't be that low. It can only um, be three, three spots low at the absolute worst. Fair enough. Yeah, what, what number are we at? Six? Five. Yeah, 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 five yeah, for five. me. Yeah, keep going. I think this band were fucking awesome. That run in the 80s. They, they reformed after Bro. they broke up very nastily in the 19, about they? 1990. And they got back together about 10 years later, 2000. And I haven't pinged on my radar since that point in time. But that run in the 80s of those nine years with those three or was it four albums in that time, pretty special. That's got some absolute... King Dick songs, obviously. I'm going to name some songs here. I might be about to steal yours. No, but like, I, I want to know which one you picked as well because they have a million great songs. Well, the ones I really like the most, Mad World, great yep. song. Everyone wants to rule the world. Absolutely. Everybody wants to rule, to rule the world. Shout. Yep. And my choice, Sowing the Seeds of Love. Now, this was off their very late album. Yeah, 89. Right? Because yep. uh, Songs from the Big Chair was like early on, right? And that's where all the classic hits came from. This one here, Sowing the Seeds of Love, I think, was that the album name? I can't remember. 
Might have been Don't Know. Yeah. Should know. That one, <laughs> there's two amazing songs. There's this one and one called Women, Woman in Chains, right? Yeah, remember that um, one too. Which, and I fucking still listen to that Woman in Chains song. Well, this song amazing. is still on my on my 500 songs that never never is away from my iPhone. So oh, Let's go. Let's hear it. Let's here go. it is then, Sowing the Seeds of Love. Fucking good, so fucking good, such good production. So diff- yeah, there's a lot going on in that song. It's even hard that, to believe. Like, it's even a duo. That, that bit you played, that I always thought that that, that my girlfriend and me is like this is such a nice, like what a happy-ish, but also kind of harmonically fun song. So yeah, very very good. Yeah. That's so good. later on, just to finish up there, a little bit of a story here. Or Basel was a, had a very perfectionistic approach to production and was really pissed off at Smith for his jet setting lifestyle and desire to slow down the pace of their work because he got divorced and just wanted to bang people. So, and another factor in the breakup was the band's manager, Paul King, he declared bankruptcy the same year that they split and then was later convicted of fraud 14 years later in 2004. So, Wait, did, they, did he take some of their money? Is that oh, yeah, absolutely stole their money. Fuck. So yeah, there you go. That's the tale of Tears Fears, who are still playing now. They released an album, I think, a couple of years ago. So they're still together and still doing their thing. Like I said, it doesn't really register on my radar, but I'm glad. I, I hope the fans are still uh, still full on into them. Oh, if they tour, I'm there like a motherfucker. There you go. So There, there you, go. you go. All right, what's your number five, Wayne? My number five is none other than Wham! <laughs> I love Wham! I love George Michael! All of that shit. Uh, in fact, I do believe they were my favorite band whence I was, I don't know, growing 15 up? or whatever. Yeah, definitely growing up. Particularly their Making Make It Big album, which I got on cassette, cassette, um, <laughs> and then. <laughs> and could I, and if I, you know, I would have gotten on record if, if I thought to. But yeah, I love uh, the Wham! And all of their stuff, which is like, you know, when everyone knows Wake Me Up Before You Go Go and stuff like that. And that's you didn't all go great. with that one. I did not go with that one. I went with this one, which I always thought was kind of a more complex, fun, better song. And it's not that well known. So I'm like, okay, let's just try so you're this educating one. here, all right? Yeah, try, try some wham, everyone. Okay, this is called The Edge of Heaven. The Edge of Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you may have noticed a pause there. Here's the thing. I just sent Paul the link. <laughs> I don't remember don't what the fuck. Do you your fucking notes? No, I just sent the link because then i got to <laughs> delete it to send you the thing without giving the game away. It's a whole thing, people. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I just remember what I thought it when I heard about it. <laughs> Let's go for Come it. Come on, Mickey Mouse <laughs> podcast. Oh, my God. Here we go. So, you know, you use, a, you use horns the right way and it complements the song. I've never me. heard that song. Really? Yeah, I love that shit. But they did a bunch of stuff. And R.I.P. George Michael. Um, yeah, very I, sad. I actually heard that um, towards the end there, he was smoking 20 joints a day. And uh, even in my heyday, I couldn't even close to touch that. Mm. Like, that was like, so wow. But there you are. Uh, wham! Wham. <laughs> <laughs> one was the name, another one was onomatopoeia. <laughs> The countdown. <laughs> educating <laughs> while entertaining. <laughs> educating and educating no one. All right, please, yeah. Polly, you're number four. My number four is probably now getting to a style of music that, Wayne, I, don't, I know you won't associate with me, but it was kind of big for a bunch of years hmm. in the late sort of 90s for me before I really went to the distortion pedal way of the world. <laughs> I started learning guitar, which was probably in the mid-2000s. Sure. This is the Chemical Brothers. Yeah, I don't know a lot of their work, I just know of them. Yeah, they were pretty, I mean, they're still going around today, so they're still touring, they're still doing their bit, they're still making albums and the like, but their heyday, this is Ed Simons and Tom Rowland, formed in Manchester in 89, and it was the latter part of the 90s and the couple of albums they released in that period, which really spoke to me. So sort of big beat stuff that gave way a bit more housey kind of music. Mm. Block Rock and Beats was an absolute... Oh, that's them. That's yeah, such yeah, a I know great that one. I know song. That one. And then off their album Surrender, which I think was 1999, 
Hey Boy, Hey Girl and Let Forever Be were two of my favourite songs that you know, I listened to them ad nauseum on repeat, like probably to the, the point of distraction of people that were around me, at least in my car and the like at the time. But my favourite song of theirs, without a doubt, is from their 1995 album, Exit Planet Dust, and it's called Leave Home. And that's what I'm going to give you a little bit of wow. now. Okay. Play it long enough that we get to the uh, brother's Who's gonna this? work it out sample. Oh, is that the brother's, brother's gonna, gonna work, work it out? out. Oh, yeah. okay. I remember that from a Nike ad. I actually am on board with this kind of oh, electronica kind of beating music. Surprises me. Yes, there are some. There's an energy about this kind of music that actually does get you going. I remember the the very first. Remember the Spider-Man. I'm talking about Tobey Maguire's yeah. Spider-Man, right? Yep. The first trailer for that, right, had this really song that sounded a lot like that called Leave You Far Behind by oh, Lunatic Calm. love Kong. that song. Do you remember that fucking song? Yeah, man, it's awesome. And I remember watching it Still going... Still have it on my iPhone. Do you? Yeah. Oh, man, when I, when I heard that song... I'm you on a Yeah, that shit. That little bit there could be another opener to a, a tr- uh, jingle. We haven't done a jingle in a long time, Wayne. Hey, I'm in. Mm, we haven't started thinking about that, yeah. Okay, now, but then when I heard that and saw how just beautiful looking that Spider-Man movie was I was like fuck this made me more amped mm. so I get all of these like 8-8 eight, eight fucking times like that song is also an excellent running song and it was on my running playlist for a very long time I would say years before this one here, I finally yeah. kind of shuffled off and it can come back now probably will do after this, ep- this week's episode so. there you go Paul is running to that this week everyone okay cool that's my four Wayne what's yours nice one total change of pace this one not as a big Fair surprise yeah. uh, my number four is a duo called Steely Dan oh yeah Steely Dan I didn't even go with Slow Ride, which is the only song of theirs I know. Slow Ride? No, yeah. no, no. The, the best song... Well, look, first of all, Steely Dan, keyboardist Donald Fagan, guitarist Walker Becker. They met at a Bard, co- at Bard College in, in New York. They like fusion and jazz and shit like that and decided to go off and do, you know, work as a duo in LA. But they actually didn't much care for touring. They actually became behind-the-scenes pop legends right. and stuff. So they didn't do a lot of touring, which you just cannot do today. Like, back then, you could sell album, albums and yeah, become yeah, rich. And now it's that. over. Yep. This song that I have put in is literally probably one of my favorite songs of that era because it's such an odd song. It was in American Hustle at the very beginning, and I was like, Ooh! made me like the movie even more. Right, it was on the Suicide Squad trailer as well. Oh, yeah. Actually, if James Gunn likes it, you know it's cool. Mm, Ooh, shit, that's, right? that's a good point. Yeah, so uh, check out some dirty work, folks. Let me tell you, Paul, I've done some dirty work in the past. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, I have to hear about it too often. <laughs> Not a lie. <laughs> All right. My number three then is, this is the band I was alluding to earlier. I was talking about, you know, thinking people are siblings and they're not. Jack and Meg White from the yeah. White Stripes mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. never siblings. In fact, they were married for a bunch of years Is until they got big and they divorced in two. They married in '96. They dropped their first album in '99. Divorced in 2000. Stayed together all the way through until 2011 when they sort of parted ways. Both speak, particularly Jack speaks very highly of Meg. Uh, he a took, good break, and he took her name. Which is why his name is actually Jack Gillis, and he took her name in sort of bucking of conventions, and they became Jack and Meg White, Proceed. and framed themselves as being <laughs> <laughs> siblings. So they interviewed as pretending they were siblings. It's gonna be weird, bro. They all their coloring was red, white, and black on everything they released through at least their early parts of career, if not their whole career. And yeah, they just they never they refused to be interviewed apart. They were always together, and eventually Jack White as he's now known, said this was all because, I'm quoting him here. Okay? Please, please. Distracting everyone from the fact that they were very, very young and very, very white and they were playing basically African-American music and they didn't want people to kind of go like, what the fuck, you frauds? What are you doing? They so, think that's a... That, really? You hear some of their stuff. Maybe not their main mainstream stuff, but their big single stuff, but you hear some of the other things off their albums. 
all of which I have, mm. and you can hear where he's coming from here. It, it's, really? Yeah, it's a real sort of soul kind of vibe. I to think it. it's really weird that it's like, uh, she's my ex-wife, but now we're going to present as brother and sister. Well, it's they were married when they first started out, and they were still pretending to be siblings at that point in time. Then they got divorced. That's like, even weirder! Know, it's now a, you're banging your sister in public kind of it's thing. It's a very saying? weird... It's very weird. Very, very, very... They both, both married other people through the course of the band's rest of their career. But look, they have some absolute cracker songs and their big album is Elephant from 2003 which of course has their biggest song I don't think I can go past without playing it because ahead, it has such a personal resonance for me but you know fell in love with a girl off their first album the hardest button to button my doorbell is a little a little ditty of theirs which I fucking love great song but of course Seven Nation Army mm-hmm. is their biggest song and when I went to Oktoberfest in Munich in 2008 it was one of about three different songs that wherever you went whatever beer hall you went into they would crank it up just, just play the dun, dun, and then the whole dun, 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 tent yeah. hall would just start saying dun, 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 dun. it was such a joining moment and it will forever be endeared to me for that reason my number four the white stripes with seven nation flaps <laughs> that, that song too yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it in <laughs> good There it is. That is a nice guitar. It does sound nice. Amazing shit. Very and, uh, good. Yeah, an anthem, I think, is probably fair to say for a generation a bit younger than us, but still resonated with moi. Very nice, mate. Uh, my number three is where I put Tears for Fears. Um, Ooh, what did you go with? I was going to go with Head Over Heels because of all that Donnie Darko thing, but I decided... Mad to- World, they did a cover of... Is it in there as well? It was, yeah, for, for Donnie Darko. Yeah, I remember when like Donnie Darko started and they played that. I'm like, oh my God. La, la. Anyway, but I actually went with the one that everyone likes, because I love this one too. And learn to play it on the guitar. It's not as hard as you would imagine. Everybody wants to rule the world. Here it is. Isn't that great? It's this is song. great. It's great fun. <laughs> so yes, Tears for Fears, everyone. My number three. Three. So a couple above where I had it. My number two, then. This might also ruffle a few feathers. It's the latest band on my list. In fact, they are touring here in Perth in two weeks' time. Hmm? They're called Royal Blood. Oh, i never heard of them. Who they are, they? are a British duo. Mike Kerr plays vocal, bass, guitar, and piano. Impressive. B- bass guitar, that is. And Ben Thatcher plays drums. And you'll love this, Wayne. Kerr uses various effects, pedals, and amps to make his bass sound like an electric guitar and a bass guitar at the same time. How? They are literally the two of them that play. Really? Now, I've not been to one of their concerts. I would love to have gone to this one, but unfortunately, I missed out. They're the newest duo on my list, and they were said to me by a mate of mine who's big into bands and big into music. You've got to listen to these guys. Their fourth album's just come out. I haven't listened to it yet. Their first three albums are all... Great, fantastic. They've all got three or four excellent songs on them and two or three, which are pretty good as well. Their first album was called, this is self-titled. The second one's called How Do We Get It So Dark? And the last one's called Typhoons. And some of their best songs, Loose Change, I Only Lie When I Love You, Trouble's Coming, Hold On, Figure It Out. And the song I've gone with today to hopefully give a little bit of a, a sample of what these two people produce as their sound is called Oblivion from their third album, Typhoons. Check this out, Wayne. Okay, let's hear it. Hey, that's pretty go. fucking good. Like I said, um, two guys pulling two, that. No, side. that's really good. Um, and like I said, I haven't seen them live, but my understanding is they have minimal backup when they're doing their live gigs as well, and they produce that. Yeah, very impressive. Oh. 
Wow, look at that. Okay. So, nice yeah, if you, if you uh, I don't know if you can get along there if you can on the 21st of December, which is, you know, good. Well, a week after this this episode will drop to the masses you and you are in Perth. Is that you can I, I don't know. But they're at HBF Park. can't imagine they're as big as Foo Fighters. So, there's yeah. a lot of tickets. That you should probably, get along, mate. You should get along. Yeah, if I can find someone to go with. There you go. Do you want to go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drink the Hopper song. Yeah, you know. Anyway, uh, sorry. Yes, my number two is Simon and Garfunkel. Yo, now here's my sound of silence in between. (laughs) Well done, Paul. I knew that would be the one you know, and it's not the one I played. I'm playing rather. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel are legendary. They, in fact, got together. Reported, I mean, they they notoriously do not. It's not they don't like each other, but they fight a lot. That's why Paul Simon went on to have a wonderful career on his own, and Art Garfunkel went on to have that hair. Now. That's a really common joke. I've seen that in like California education. Like, really? Like, like she's saying, uh, "Look, you haven't come to me for a, for a, for a waxing in like six months. You must look like Art Garfunkel down there, <laughs> <laughs> shit like that." But I will say this though: they did reform. Maybe like I don't know. It's probably about seven, eight years ago now. And Art Garfunkel did do, in fact, the Sounds of Silence. I mean, they both did it, but he was singing. Now this guy's got to be seventy. All right, mm, sounds about right. And his voice is. Fucking spellbinding, man. Like, it's just like, I would, holy shit, I didn't know he sounded like that. And he's still doing it at 70. Usually you lose all of yeah. your chops, yeah. at least by in your 60s, That's right? Fair. Yep. Killing it. So, um, Simon and Garfunkel, just amazing. I'm glad they're still doing stuff. I'm glad Paul Simon is still around. Most of the stuff he does, I liked, was his own stuff, like slip, slip sliding Call away. Me Call me hell, the 80s <laughs> stuff. But slip sliding away, all those sorts of things, right? But um, this right here, Paul, you will know this one, although you'll know I the Lemonheads version. I do know it. This is the original version of Mrs. Robinson. Great stuff. Also, Very good mem- song. remember Wayne's World and they were playing like the Lemonheads? Like, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, that's good shit. Anyway, my number two. So All right, then time to recap the Go list. It, Starting with my number 10, then counting back Eurythmics, nine, Roxette, eight, Sam and Dave, seven, Hall and Oates, six, Tenacious D, five, Tears for Fears. At number four, I had the Chemical Brothers, the White Stripes were slotting in at number three, Royal Blood to the surprise of at least Wayne at number two. <laughs> and my number one, it took me some time to work out my order on this. I'm not going to say it was my instant number one, which often is the case when we do a list of the first thing that comes to mind. I'm intrigued. But at the end of the day, I had to take into account their whole body of work. And this is French duo Thomas Bangalada and Guy Manuel's something. Honem <laughs> Christa. Clearly, I didn't type that well. <laughs> it's Daft Punk. Ah, of course, of course. Really? No, they okay. fuse all kinds of genres together, it? house, funk, disco, techno, and synth pop, and these would have been probably settling at number three or four for me, and then I remember they did one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, Tron Legacy. They did really? the whole soundtrack of that film and elevated that film from being okay with some pretty cool visuals to being, in my mind, I have a huge soft spot for it. I like that movie, yeah. and a big part of it is to do with the soundtrack. So I'm going to pick a song from the soundtrack okay. in, in flight of what we've done so far today. But, you know, harder, better, faster, stronger. Kind of, yeah. De- defunct, around the world, television rules the nation. Get lucky. Pharrell. With Pharrell. Yeah. Let's not forget that. And special mention of their 2007 album, Alive, which is one of the best live albums I've ever heard. They're basically fusing two of their songs together through every one of the tracks and it sounds fucking spellbinding. So if you've never checked that one out, you can download and listen to that at any time you want to. They split in 2021 with no explanation, but it's since been said that they they both wanted to move in different directions. They're still mates. It's not nasty. They still use apparently the same studio and recording equipment and just slot in there around each other's really? schedule. So my that's kind of cool. Yeah, my sister saw them live the last time they came to Perth. That would have been awesome. Yeah, and she said that the entire show, they kept their helmets on. I was about on. to say, this is the, this is the band that, that created that. No one had ever done that before. No. I mean, sure, Kiss had, had makeup, makeup and shit different. on. Whatever, Makeup's different. But they had helmets and shit on and the, and the she whole said time. That, she said, like, you, you might think, this was that even really them? But she said the effect of them staying and the, the way the stage was lit up and all of the effects they had on the stage, the impression she got was like, these guys are true artists. Yeah. By actually doing what they're doing, and nice. it, everyone took it seriously. So yeah, let's let's hear you. Let's so there we are. I'm picking Derezd from the Tron Legacy soundtrack as my number one representation of the best duo I think of all time. <laughs> 
a, from oh. an action scene in that movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see how it's a soundtrack. That really does sound a little Mario Kartish to me, but I get what you mean. Like, it's like, it's um. You saw the scene it played against. I mean, I look. I, I, no, no, there's an effect to it. Absolutely, like those things go together. Away. And they, they do a great adagio song where someone dies, and that which I still. Really, I would almost choose that as as what I will play when one day when I am laid to rest. Oh my so, god, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think my song would be "Who Says I Can't Get Stoned" by John Mayer. <laughs> so <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say "Who Let the Dogs Out." <laughs> Fuck, that would be better. All right, for that one, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wayne, take us back through your list and then reveal your number one. Coolio. My number ten is Roxette. Nine, The Carpenters. Eight, PM Dawn. Seven, Air Supply. Six, Eurythmics. Five, Wham! Four, Steely Dan. Three, Tears for Fears. Two, Simon and Garfunkel. And of course, number one is Hollow Notes. Paul, just play this one right here. This is my favorite one of theirs. That's Not a shitty you? clip. No, oh really? I didn't see the clip. <laughs> Is it the music video? He kicks his way through the door. <laughs> through a door and he's got no he's got an electric guitar playing and there's no lead to it. He walks out onto a I guess overlooking a river on a rooftop somewhere <laughs> and all the rest of the band are out there with no chords or anything out there as well. Paul, and they're all just rocking around doing this and I'm like uh-huh. It was the 80s, Paul. <laughs> Toto used to play on top of a building sometimes. It's like where, where you're plugging in. It's just shit like that. <laughs> Still, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but I do love that song. That is your favorite. Okay, I don't that even know if I know it. Really? Where did you grow up? Oh man! Oh man! All right! All right! Okay, there All you right. go. Any honorable mentions, Wayne? Uh, I just thought the Everly Brothers were cool. They did like you know, when will I be loved? You wouldn't know this either. Nope. Okay, fine. Do not. Um, I've got a bit of Savage Garden. For Savage you. Rectum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, the, the stuff closer. they did was good. All right, I gotta say, Aussie yeah. Viewer. Yeah. And uh, Fly of the Concords, which I'm so, had so I, surprised. Had I remembered, would have been on my list. <laughs> Whatever came at number 10, Eurythmic, sorry, you're out. You would have done like business. Oh, class? it's business time. In business fact, time, business, business time. time might be how we go out there this, you go, this episode. There we go. That will sort out that <laughs> question for me as I come towards the end of the episode. That'll do from us. Let's hear from you, the good listeners to the show, with your feedback on the topic at hand in a segment that we call the Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Stu from the Stu World Audit Podcast. Stu. Recent guests on the show. Number three, Sonny and Cher. So you've been happy with the opener to the show. Number two, Hall of Notes. Number one, Tenacious D. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I love Stu. Josh Ragland, the creator of the Countdown Scavenger Hunt. He's doing it again for 2024. If you're all interested in getting involved in that, please Way to go, do Jay. follow, join the Facebook community and follow Josh there. Number three, Outcast. Uh-huh. I couldn't justify it. Yeah, here's you know, the thing. I love Hey Ya. I think it's a great song. Everyone loves Hey Ya. But I, I don't like know enough of the rest of their, their catalogue. Miss Jackson, you like that one? You know that one? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I only liked that one and those the, kind of those two. So that's the only reason. So I no, no, no knocking Josh's choice. No, no, totally, Same for totally. me. Explain why it's not there. Number two, Tenacious D. Number one, The White Stripes. Looking forward to Josh's at least one vote. There you go. Stephen Burns. Wayne. Number eight on my list. This group of four guys. <laughs> I got the reputation for missing the brief. What? Paul's done it at least as many oh, times. Fuck off, but, he's trying, but he swings it real good with his You're fucking right, lawyering. Absolute ass. You know what? I'm going to offer. <laughs> I'm going to offer free lifetime top level patron <laughs> to anyone who's prepared to go back through the list and count the number of times that we have each missed the brief oh, and present it to us. Yeah, that's going to go your way because they want the fucking like, Patreon. No, right? because saying, that's just, the fucking oh, truth. Some dicks. <laughs> what a bunch of shit. <laughs> that was a pretty funny comment though. <laughs> anyway, Stephen also said, Tenacious Deep, purely because Tribute is my go-to karaoke song. Oh, a really? video of a drunken rendition at a work Christmas party from a few years ago won't see the light of day until after Reap is released. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what's your car- go-to karaoke song? I don't have one. I'm terrible. Okay, well, um, mine's Stand By Your Man by Tenny Wynette. Really? Yeah, everyone loves it. As soon as I'm like, Stand By Your Man, they're like, ah, he doesn't like men. So... <laughs> One of the great questions of life answered. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Garfunkel and Oates, comedy genius. Don't know them. Okay, so what it is, is like, you know that weird woman from Scrubs, the small, mousy-looking girl? Oh, yeah. Yep. Her and Ted's a, girlfriend? 
Yes. Yep. Uh, her and a blonde woman who you do put together like this, uh, <laughs> and they call Garfunkel and Oates. Don't, and don't make assumptions. Trust me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like a show or something, and they do they do some good covers, okay. but it's more like a comedy team. Yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Luke Alexander said, rocks out at three. This is why I included this one. Number two, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> is that a troll job, Luke? What's going on? I do believe he's fucking with us, but to be fair, everyone blames it on Lachlan me. Mills is straight out of him going like, what? <laughs> number one, Daft Punk. Timothy Williams said, Outcast, before Hey Yeah, they did... Atlians and Stankonia, both brilliant albums. Okay, so there you go. Okay. So Timothy answering our questions there. Number two, Roxette, grew up listening to them and still do today. And number one, Daft Punk, Dahul, Around the World, Digital Love, some of my all-time fave songs. Nice. Smiley Samani, mate, to the show, said, number three, Stilly Dan, whacked out hippies, still grooving today. Mm-hmm. Number two, Sam and Dave, huge influence on the Blues Brothers, enough said. Number one, The Carpenters, we miss you, Karen. So yeah. I guess that's a vote for you. Two of his Me? three in your song. And you're this, sorry. Paul Tabone or Paul Taboni, not sure which. Number three, Oasis. Let the fighting begin. Because they're not a group duo. They're not a duo? That band is at least four people on okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Heart, Barracuda, what a tune. Plus the sisters were hot. Also not Ooh. a also not a duo. Barracuda, no? No. There's there are two sisters in the band, but there's at least four people in that band. <laughs> Paul Wayne. So you know, I'm just saying, not everyone. <laughs> shooting you down. Apparently Paul missed a brief today. And number one, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. So that would be a duet? Yep. Also, it was completely off. <laughs> this guy's trying to wean it up. <laughs> well, at least you've owned it now. Yeah. Antoine, patron of the show, said number three, The Carpenters. Number two, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. The voices behind three of the most iconic Motown songs cut tragically short when Tammy died of brain cancer at 24. Fuck. That's awful. And number one, Hall of Notes. Here you go. Matt Evans said Outcast. Forget Hey Ya uh, era fame load up the album Stankonia Totally Sublime. Wet Leg. British teenagers Rian and Hester debut album is the best back-to-back banger sing-along albums of the last two years. Don't know that one. And when you're, you reference Buffalo 66 on DVD, it's a winner. And lastly, Dean and Gene Ween. Truly honoured I was in the minority experience during their Dat Machine era. Music geniuses and wish they had just stayed obscured and misunderstood the small club scene. So in other words, so they remained poor and barely surviving. So Matt can enjoy them himself. Yeah, this is, this is a, this is a uh, you know, he's out geeking everyone here, this guy. Chris Sutherland said, Tenacious D, Eminem and, Do- Eminem and Dr. Dre. Again, duet. Right? duet yep. And Red Man and Ghostface. I don't know them. Mm, there you go. Okay, last couple here. Jonas Lander said, Daft Punk at number three, so much goodness. Number two, The White Stripes. Despite the massive overplay of Seven Nation Army at sporting events and on this podcast. <laughs> and number one, Johnny and June Carter Cash because Johnny Cash makes everything awesome. I wonder if that's a duo or a duet. I know they did a lot of stuff together. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Okay. And then last word goes to... Patron of the show, an all-around wonderful person, Nicole Presley, who said, number three, who cares? <laughs> number two, who cares? Uh-huh. And I can't believe no one has said this. Number one, Paul and Wayne from The Countdown. Tell me you don't play the whole song in your head after I say, as long as we keep on listing. All hits, man. <laughs> Lovely of you, Okay, Nicole. we'll drop an album. We'll drop an album. Well, well. You know, <laughs> we're talking to our producers, Flash Publishers. That's right. I, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> That is it for your feedback. Thank you to everyone who got back to us. So I couldn't get through it all. Really, truly do appreciate your engagement and involvement in the show. It it makes it all worthwhile. Damn right. Fair to say. Wayne, then how do the good folk get in touch with us? They can Google the Countdown Podcast to find all our socials and join up therewith. Therewith is not a word. You can also... Forthwith. Forthwith. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Also, visit thecountdownpodcast.com or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast.com. We're on X at The Countdown PC. Like and follow the show through Podbean, where we host. I've mentioned the Facebook listening community enough this episode. That's it for 452, Wayne. What's happening for 453? Well, we're going to do a top 10 last 10. Well, and as is tradition in the week before a top 10 last 10, it's now my time to ask Wayne. Wayne, how many films do you have to watch this week? Just like six. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I got a plan, Paul. I got a plan, okay? Um, Is it called one film a day? (laughs) It's not dissimilar to that, although I'm going to put a twist on it and do two films in one night. Um, Look out. Yeah. Really going to the races because you've got a night where you can't watch something? Well, I've decided to uh, swap out one night of jerking off to porn with a movie. So, <laughs> you know me. I see a pair of thick, weighty breasts, and all logic or, flies or, out the window. Or maybe I'll have a racy movie and kill two birds with one stick. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, <laughs> if you can find an erotic thriller that you haven't seen before. I'll be honest with you. You can't jack off to movie stuff. It's got to be purpose-driven because it's like a scene. Look, I don't, They're trying to make it into I'm a narrative. I'm not allowing you to include... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. No, make, make a ponytail. Go ahead. Um, Off the think. top of my head. Um, uh, dust booty. New Jack titty. New Jack titty. Right. Um, you know. Dust booty. How to stay in an American quilt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. As one of your entries on the top 10 last 10. Yeah, so. it won't be okay. okay. There will be like a Hollywood, like there will be a cinematic release probably. Okay. So. <laughs> one or two. <laughs> All right, that's today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. It's been an absolute pleasure. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Says Wayne. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya. I went with the most famous song and the most famous song by quite a considerable margin Sweet Dreams Are Made of This Let's hear it Is that yours? No Ooh, In that case we'll just do this one and then uh, Wayne's later Also listen to the songs <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see if you make that work in the edit <laughs> I mean, Maybe this is one of those blooper episodes you stick at the end <laughs> And also play the bloopers There you go hey. There you go I see what kind of mood you're in today. (laughs) All right.